Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. What's up, Cool Breeze? This is me, Icy Robots, and we're back for another super informative episode of the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe. That's the one where we take a look at some of the coolest characters. We already heard that part. The The character we're going to take a look at this week is Titania, who you might know from the from the She-Hulk TV show. We're going to look at uh, her origin, her powers, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be great, but before we get there, let's, let's light that incense. Let's bang that gong. Let's get, get it on. on. Like, like uh, uh, on and on and on. <laughs> The character we're going to take a look at this week is Titania. Titania is a foil to She-Hulk. She she and She-Hulk have clashed many a times and I'm I'm a big She-Hulk fan, so I do I do have like a passing familiarity with the with the character. So that's that's always nice going in during the uh dance slot run, the one that they're kind of aping for the the TV show, the the lawyer show, the lawyer version of the She-Hulk comic. She um she pops up a few times. She has a really great cover during this period. She's uh like right on the front, bursting, bursting through the page, which uh it really stands out. It's a nice, it's a nice cover, honestly. If you've ever seen it, you know what I know, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know, now you know. One of those, one of those things right there. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of some some ways to like connect personally with Titania. I also remember back in the day, she appeared in uh in what was it, Secret Wars, which was uh this was like one of the first big time crossover events I I had ever I'd ever partaken in. This is where this is where Doctor Doom and all the bad guys fight uh Captain America and all the good guys on a place called Battle World and it was it was really awesome. They made a action figure set from it. All kinds of stuff, and uh, and Titania got her intro during issue number three, I think it is, of the of the series. So you got to follow her from the start if you were down with Secret Wars. So that's that's all good. Now she's on TV too. She's on Disney Plus, played by uh, Jamila Jamil, who's doing a really cool job of uh, a different version of Titania. You know, you got the uh, the the uh, interconnected Marvel universe, which is different than the interconnected comic universe so she has a different take on it it's more of a like a social media influencer type than like a raging supervillain but it, it works i feel like it works in a modern day a modern day environment but um let's let's take a quick look at some of the personal details of titania height weight that kind of thing personal details height weight and that sort of thing. Her given name, her government name, is Mary McFerrin, current alias Titania. Previous aliases, Thunder Girl, Skeeter, and at one time she was known for impersonating Spider-Woman. Affiliation, Gamma Flight. Gamma Flight was a team that was put together by uh, Doc Samson, who we learned about a, a couple episodes back. He was uh, put in charge of a team to look into the the missing of uh, Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner disappeared, and he was uh, going to look into that. Let's see. Uh, relatives, unnamed father and mother. Spouse, Carl Creed, the Absorbing Man. And they together have a son named Jerry Sledge. She is currently married. Her gender is that of a female. Her height, six foot six. She weighs 545. She's a big unit. Her eyes are blue. Hair, strawberry blonde. Origin, human mutate. Genetically enhanced by Dr. Doom using battle world technology. Living status, alive. Reality, Earth 616. Place of birth, Denver, Colorado. Identity, public. 
Citizenship is that of America, her occupation. Fugitive, former professional criminal and mercenary. She has a high school diploma. Her base of operation is normal, and she was created in March of 1984 by Jim Shooter and Mike Zek, and she first appeared in Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars number three. That's, that's all kind of cool. She's married. She has strawberry blonde hair. She's tall. She's very heavy. She one time impersonated Spider-Woman. That's, that's a wacky tale. Hopefully we'll get into that, but, uh, let's, let's switch it up a bit. Normally we go into the origin of the character and then the powers, but I think going forward we're gonna do the powers, then the origin, just because the powers is, it's shorter, and it's like, after you do the origin, I think it's better to just move toward the end. So just, I don't know, for the, for the sake of flow, let's, uh, let's take a look at her powers and stuff. Four, four, Powers and abilities, like what can they do and such. Superhuman Strength Titania possesses vast superhuman strength that has increased over the years due to intensive weight training. Titania was originally strong enough to lift about 85 tons and she can now lift about 100 tons. Superhuman Stamina Titania's highly advanced musculature generates considerably less fatigue toxins than ordinary humans. She can physically exert herself at peak capacity for about 24 hours, before the buildup of fatigue toxins in her bloodstream begins to impair her. Superhuman Durability Titania's body is highly resistant to physical injury. She is capable of withstanding high-caliber bullets, falls from great heights, tremendous impact force, and temperatures as high as 1,500 degrees Celsius and as low as minus 120 degrees Celsius without sustaining injury. That's all. That's like the standard Marvel super strong powers. On the, on the good old-fashioned power grid, she has intelligence of 2, strength of 6, Speed of 2, durability of 5, energy projection 1, that's like your basic low number, and then, then fighting skills, that of a 4. The, the, the power of 6, the ability to lift uh, 100 tons, puts her in the same category as like an armored character, like Tony Stark, or the same characters like Colossus, or uh, Carnage. Carnage can lift about that much. The durability of 5 makes her about as durable as, uh, let's take a look, uh, Ghost Rider is in that category, Reed Richards, the evil Reed Richards, uh, then Speedball, aka Penance, who we learned about, uh, recently, so she's pretty, she's pretty up there. The, the main thing she has is her, her super might, and she's smart. She works out, she doesn't just, like, rest on her laurels and go, like, you know, I'm this strong, that's pretty strong. She hits the weight pile. It must be hard to hit the weight pile when you're lifting tons. I don't even know what, what you lift. There must be there must be superhero gyms somewhere with like machines that uh, have have incredible weights made of um, uh, adamantium or whatever. Let's uh, let's move forward. Let's look at her origin. How did she get these abilities? Like, well, who is this person? Where are they from? What do they do? What do they like to? Uh, what do they fight about? What's uh, any love? Any love in their life? I don't know. Let's let's find out. Character bio. Like how did they get their powers and stuff like that? Mary McFrin was born prematurely in a suburb of Denver, Colorado. Mary was often overlooked as the smallest of her siblings and would immerse herself in fantasy books. She grew little over the years, remaining short and scrawny compared to her peers. A popular girl at school named Vanessa Ashwood gave Mary the nickname Skeeter, a slang word for mosquito. 
Her only real friend was Marsha Rosenberg, who was similarly unpopular in her case for being awkward and overweight. Consistently mocked and humiliated since childhood by the wealthy Vanessa and her social clique, Mary and Marsha had to take menial jobs to survive. Mary grew bitter over her hard life, and fantasized about something improbable in her favor such as winning the lottery. These fantasies soon turned to gaining superpowers to be admired, and to exact revenge on her tormentors. When the second Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter began to make appearances in Denver, Rosenberg remarked that her hair was the same color as Mary's. Mary falsely confided in her friend that she was secretly Spider-Woman, and when Rosenberg spread the rumor, Mary saw her popularity grow and was invited to a party by Vanessa and her clique. This is all so sad. This is all so sad when you know that somebody turns out to be a super villain in the present and you look back into their past and you see that they were they were like horribly abused by their peers in, in her case because because she was small in her friend's case because she was fat. This is this is so sad. It really makes me upset. I I hate to hear these kind of stories. You hear these kind of stories in real life and they're upsetting and you hear these stories in fictional situations and they're they're equally upsetting. I can really I can honestly really relate to her. When I was in school, I was not a popular guy by any stretch. I know that's hard. I know that's hard to believe. I mean, I like comic books and wrestling and toys and all these things. It's these are all recipes for success in life, but sadly, it was not the case. I got picked on by by a lot of the uh, upper crust cliques. That's that's the way it was uh, around where I grew up. There were a lot of guys, a lot of wealth disparity, some people like us kind of in the middle. Some people way, way, way up top. And these guys on the top, man, they really bring it down on you. It's very, very upsetting. And I hate to uh, I hate to see things turn out as they did for her. Her bullying led to her becoming a supervillain. Led to her fighting She-Hulk in the streets. It's, it's all so sad. Just a, a real, real bummer. And then when she tells the lie about being Spider-Woman. I can definitely relate to that too. I can't, I can't think of any situations where I told major lies to try to make myself more popular. I'm... I'm sure that there were points when I told people minor lies. I'm sure I said this or that. It's it's very common and it's very sad, especially especially uh well we'll find out. Let's uh let's move forward into the next little bit here. This is what what a depressing tale. In the midst of the party, however, their suburb of Denver was ripped from Earth and used by the alien Beyonder to create the makeshift planet Battle World. When the real Spider-Woman arrived on the scene and saved the guests from falling debris, Vanessa and her friends realized they'd been duped and chased McFrin and Rosenberg into the forests of Battle World. Frightened and exhausted, the two young women were found by the villain Doctor Doom, who was looking for recruits for his army of supervillains. He offered the girls the chance of gaining superhuman powers, and they accepted Doom's offer. It, it was kind of glossed over a little bit. They they mentioned Secret Wars and they mentioned the Beyonder. The Beyonder is this godlike being that uh, in his first appearance in the Marvel Universe, he gathered a he gathered a team of good guys and he gathered a team of bad guys and he took them to a place called Battle World that was built up from like various pieces of different planets and Earths and stuff. And he, he made them all he made them all fight. This was one of Marvel's very first major like crossover events. This was huge. This was a big event. They had a toy line everything. We've already talked about this at some point in the past when they sucked up 
the pieces of the planets to make Battle World. Our gal got sucked into it, and then she got rescued by the Spider Woman or whatever. And these people, these horrible people, these horrible cliques are so mad. They're so mad at these two girls that they chased them into the forest of a place called Battle World. That's that's not cool at all, man. This whole thing is very sad. And then when they're out there, they bump into Doctor Doom, and Doctor Doom's just like, you know, let me let me give you some powers. He's on the bad guy team. Actually, Doom goes for Dolo in this. He goes for self, but at the time, you know, he's part of the bad guy, bad guy team, and he's trying to, he's trying to strengthen the ranks with some, uh, some other people that he, that he comes in contact with, and these girls, they're being chased, they're being chased into the force of battle world by bullies, and they're just like, you know, we'll do it, Doom, we'll do it, they, they, uh, receive the powers, and they become what, uh, what Titania had always wanted. She becomes super powered and now she's on this place called Battle World with these girls that have tormented her and I I can't even imagine what comes next. Let's uh let's let's find out. Doom recreated both women using highly advanced alien technologies found in the aptly named Doom base, which were powered by immense energies from a ferocious alien storm outside. Able to use the technology entirely as he desired. Doom induced high-level metahuman abilities of a specific and particular design. While Rosenberg, now known as Volcana, received a fiery form composed of ionized plasma, McFern became far taller, muscular, and more buxom than average. She now had an incredibly high level of superhuman strength and durability, but the change also affected her mentality. Where Mary McFrin had been small and timid, the newly named Titania was proud and confident, perhaps to extremes. Soon after, she challenged Carl Creel, the absorbing man, to a fight, but he refused, reasoning that he had nothing, nothing to, to prove to a dame. I don't think it was the powers that affected her mentality. I think that it's just she had the realization of her true self. She became the true self that she always wanted to be, and she had just, she had had enough. She had had enough of this life of torment, and she was going to go out there and get hers. The The first thing that she does is she challenges the absorbing man, Crusher Creel. This guy, this guy is like superhumanly tough, dude. This guy is like, he's like a godlike level of tough. At one point, our guy, the the absorbing man, his power is he can, if he touches anything, he can absorb the properties of it. Like, if he touches an aluminum can, he can turn aluminum, and then one day, he got uh, the opportunity, and he touched uh, Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, and he became, like, just incredibly powerful, because he absorbed the properties of the uh, mystical Uru metal, or whatever it is that that the uh, Mjolnir is made of, and he became just off the books, and our gal Titania, she steps to him, and she's like, come on, bro, let's go, and uh, Creel, you know, he's like, I got nothing to prove to fight a dame, but uh, anyway, you know that he, he kind of thought she was probably cool, you know, he dug it a little bit, this, this dame's got some heart, but he didn't want to, he didn't want to fight with her, they got to fight with Cap's Secret Wars team. Don't forget, we're on Battle World, which is a whole different pile of beans. Let's kind of jump ahead a little bit. There's a lot of Titania lore out there, surprisingly enough. I didn't think that there would be a ton, but there is, in fact, quite a ton. So we're going to we're gonna kind of take a little jump. The, the Secret Wars thing kind of, it kind of took care of itself. They wound up back on Earth. Titania was doing some crime, and she starts hanging out with Crusher Creel, who we learned a second ago, kind of kind of has respect for the uh, the grapefruits on this on this dame, and uh, this this leads to a romance. They wind up together, but they don't settle down. They don't settle down into like a life of suburban bliss. 
they in fact continue on as like a super villain duo, which leads them, uh, well, let's just, you know, let's just go forward and find out. The pair did not settle down to the quiet life, instead joining Baron Zemo and his latest incarnation of the Masters of Evil. To kill time, Titania robbed a jewelry store, only to come to the attention of Spider-Man. Too afraid to fight, she ran from combat, only to encounter the hero again in LaGuardia Airport. There, once more Titania tried not to fight, having Cream do so on her behalf. Yet the sight of his near defeat at Spider-Man's hands was enough for Titania to temporarily overcome her arachnophobia, charging into combat. It was a moot point, though, since Creel ended the fight by threatening to destroy a plane full of innocents if Spider-Man refused to leave the scene. Which he reluctantly did. The, the reason that she was reluctant to fight Spidey was during Secret Wars, she ran up on Spidey and he took her down. Spidey? Spidey's tough, dude. He can really fight. He has incredible agility, incredible strength. He's tough, mentally tough, physically tough, and he... He took Titania out, and then she also stepped to She-Hulk at one point, and She-Hulk took her out. So she was, she was really feeling it, dude. Imagine, imagine like you're small. People call you Skeeter. You're a tiny, like little, little uh, puny person. People call you names, make fun of you, and then you're given, you're given these abilities. You're massive. You're monstrous. You're incredibly strong. You can lift like a hundred tons. You were so strong and then you fight people you go after people and you're still getting beat you're getting defeated it has to be incredibly demoralizing you gotta you gotta spend time with your superhero martial arts now we know the titania did some working out she hit the weight pile and and increased her max lift by like a hundred uh, by 15 tons from 85 to 100 i think it was but you gotta spend time in the dojo too you know you gotta go to taskmaster's training school and find out find out how to use your fist properly you gotta learn how to use a baston like the double bastons like daredevil maybe a shield a sword all these things are gonna help you in the superhero game you really gotta you really gotta train your abilities dude you could also go and learn some uh, stealth abilities too so you don't have to be like busting through the wall and, and swinging around you can play it smart jump off the roof and give him a macho man randy savage elbow drop there's all kinds of all kinds of options out there i i think that um i think that titania just didn't didn't take her martial art seriously enough i imagine that when you're super strong when you're so strong that you you can like lift up a tank and throw it you probably don't think too much about what would happen if uh you fought somebody your own strength because there can't be anybody my strength but titania learned that there was and it was it was very demoralizing very demoralizing to her overall it's kind of kind of sad very just a very sad story the story of titania it's not a it's not a great one the villainous couple received another assignment from the masters this time they were to kill the avenger hercules who had been gravely injured previously by the masters and was in a coma in hospital hercules was saved by a guard of only the diminutive heroes ant-man and the wasp Creel was stung by the wasp as he switched from liquid to human form. And Titania was shrunk to the size of an insect. And then blasted through a wall by wasp. The villains were easily subdued, with Titania taken to the vault. A superhuman penitentiary. And that's really like the end of chapter one of Titania. She she was given another, like, low-level mission by the, the Masters of Evil. They're just like, yo, Hercules is in the hospital. He's knocked out. Go in there, punch him in the face, take him out, destroy him. And she she botches it. And this 
This has to be heartbreaking, too. She was defeated by the Wasp, who was, like, really small. Like, small like a Skeeter. And this is... This has to, like, really, really hit home when she's in the vault for all those years later. It really has to sink in that, like... At one time, she was Skeeter, and then she became massive, and then finally at the end, the massive person was taken out by the Skeeter and sent to prison. So, such an upsetting story, dude. It's, it's, it's terrible, but this all, this all stems from the bullying. I feel like if she would have been left alone in the first place, that none of this would have happened. She probably would have just led a nice, healthy, healthy, happy life, but people, people ruined it for her. It's very, very upsetting. After, after she got out of jail, she, um, she was around doing stuff, like, she was a member of Doc Sampson. Learned about Doc Sampson a couple episodes ago. He's the Hulk's therapist. He, he put together a team called Gamma Flight, which was, uh, him, the, uh, that guy Puck from Alpha Flight, and he reached out to, uh, Titania to see if, See if she wanted to fly straight and uh, go along with... Maybe maybe she was even seeing Doc Sampson, honestly. Maybe she was in his care talking about some of these childhood issues. And he decided, you know, Titania's alright, dude. If I... If I give her a chance, she could maybe make a big difference as part of part of Gamma Flight. And I, I don't know if she did, honestly. I, I, I'm not overly familiar with the team, but I, I can't imagine that uh, they they shook down the shook down the earth because I feel like I would have I would have heard of this at some point. But she's she's a cool character with a with an interesting backstory, a very very sad backstory. There there was a few highlights though. Her and uh, Crusher Creel together, they produced a progeny, a guy that goes by the name of Jesse Sledge. Jesse. Jesse Sledge is a member of Nick Fury's Secret Warriors. That was a team that Nick Fury put together. Our guy Fury, he has his uh, his eyes out there, his eyes and ears out there, and he was he was keeping an eye on dudes that he thought could maybe develop superpowers. And one of the people that he was watching was the child of Titania and the Absorbing Man. It would make a little bit of sense that this guy might wind up with some powers, and he did. He got powers similar to to his father and and the strength of his strength of his mother. Very dangerous guy, but um, Fury was keeping an eye on these guys. He called them caterpillars, and he was hoping some of these caterpillars would turn to butterflies so that he could put together like a secret ops team, which he which he did with this guy, the son of Ares, Phobos, Fear, the god of fear, Phobos, uh, Quake, Daisy Johnson, Quake, and a bunch of other people. That's that's a pretty decent comic that kind of spun off the the Civil War thing. Secret Warriors, kind of fun, kind of cool. A lot of a lot of interesting characters in there, and it's nice to see it's nice to see Titania going on. It was honestly nice to see Titania on the She-Hulk TV show. There's a different take on the character that I that I did find enjoyable. I thought it was fun, but it would be kind of cool to see the uh, OG comic Titania out there smashing things. But it's it's all good. It's all fun. As long as it's entertaining, I don't really care how much they get away from the comics. Because comics, movies, TV, they're all different things. They're all different mediums. You want to try to stick close to the source material, but some things that worked on paper might not work so well on the screen. Some things that appealed to, like, kids in the 80s or kids in the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, the 40s even, might not appeal to kids today. So you got to switch it up. I understand. You want to make it as much fun as you can for the audience on the screen, because fun equals dinero, and that's the that's the name of the game. Let's uh, let's move it to the final bit. This is where we take a look at like some comic appearances, some toys. Maybe take a look and see if she's appeared in other mediums, things like that. Let's uh, let's get the jump off jumping. Other stuff like what was their first appearance? Is it valuable? Any cool toys or anything like that? You've got mail. 
All right, right now as we speak, I am logged on to uh, the internet. I've jacked into the internet. We are on the world's biggest marketplace, a site known as eBay. This is this is a place where you can, can find things of uh, various natures, antiquities, mystical items, and the thing that we're going to talk about right now, the thing known as comic books. Her first appearance is... Marvel Superhero Secret War number three. This came out in 1984. Right now, you could pick this book up right here. Here's one for 30 bucks. Here's a graded one, graded to seven for 40 bucks. Here's an auction that just started opening bid five bucks. I've seen, I've seen this one go for as low as like 20, 25 bucks. I think that if you could pick it up in that range, it's not, it's not a bad, uh, not a bad pickup. And then there is She-Hulk number 10, which came out in 2005. This is during the uh, Dan Slott run. This is the, the series that introduced the idea that She-Hulk was uh, an, an attorney. She-Hulk attorney at law. And this is this is the issue where she goes and she fights She-Hulk in the court. That one, you can pick that one up for probably like five bucks, six bucks. It has a great has a great cover. Titania's ripping like right through the front. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. She's also appeared on trading cards a few times. Here's one, uh, Women of Marvel. Series 1, she's card number 74. You can pick that one up for like 2 $3 shipped. She appeared as a Marvel Masterworks, Masterpieces, Series 3, 2008. That one's like 2 bucks. I'm trying to see what would be... I think that one would be her uh, rookie card, if, if you were inclined to see such a thing. Let's see what the highest, the highest value here is on a uh, Titania card. Here is a... Here, oh, here's the original art. For one of the cards, the 20, 2018 series. That one, that could be yours for just under 2000 bucks. It's like black and white pencil with a little green ink. Um, very, very cool. Here's a graded nine where she's fighting She-Hulk from the art that we just saw. That can be yours for 75 bucks. So those are a couple little things you can have if you're if you're into the, uh, you know, the whole Titania. The Titania scene, you can get a comic, you can get a card. And she has not... She has not, in fact, appeared as a Marvel legend, as far as I can see, but she has been a hero click many times. Here's one, here's one that's pretty cool. It's her and the Absorbing Man on the same hero clicks. Hero clicks is like this game you can play with like little game pieces that, that fight each other and stuff. It's fun. I used to play it back in the day. I was, I was into it, but you can get her with Crusher Creel, and then she's also alone. So if you, you know, you get double Titania, you can... You can stage your own Titania fights in your house between her and a and the She-Hulk uh, super click hero click. This this is a little side note. You can uh, you can pick up the first appearance of Jesse Sledge, her son, in uh, Mighty Avengers number thirteen. This one came out in two thousand eight. I I think this is sort of an undervalued comic. I, I picked up one. I was reading this when it when it first came out, but. You get the first appearances, I think, of like three or four or five different members of the, the Secret Warriors. And you never know when one of those guys is going to get the jump off jump in. You never know when uh, Jesse Sledge is going to hit it big. Weirder things have happened. That book that book can be yours for as low as five bucks. I'm kind of I'm kind of skimming around here and people have a couple I've seen for five ninety nine with shipping. I, I think that's not a bad pickup, honestly. If it's like... If you're into the uh, comic speculating game, which I am to like a small degree, if you if you're into that, that's you know something some, one to think about. The uh, first appearance, Jesse Sledge. I I think that might be about it as far as Titania merch. She hasn't been a big uh, big merch mover over the years. I think she may have been a statue, a Bowen statue at one point. I'm looking at at some uh, statues here. 
looks like her. The the big uh, the big gal statues are, are pretty good sellers, but I I think that like like overall, Titania has a really like a really sad origin story. It's it's not great, man. She starts off, she gets bullied, she gets more powerful. She's kind of not really doing as much as she could with those powers. Then she gets thrown in jail, except for Jesse Sledge. I don't, I don't know that there's been like a lot of high points. I, I think that maybe like maybe if he goes on and he uh, achieves a lot with Fury, he becomes a big time hero. Which I don't know, maybe he will. That could, that could be something that can add to her legacy. But honestly, as far as it goes, her legacy is uh, she got punched out on TV by by She Hulk on, on Disney Plus, which is which is fine. Some characters never, not never, ever, ever make it to Disney Plus, so that is that is a big deal. I guess we're gonna kind of look at her as if she's like not the not the arch rival of She Hulk, but she is a thorn in in She Hulk's side. I don't know who you would consider the arch rival of She Hulk. It may very well be Titania, as far as. As far as that goes, because they have tangled many a moons, many a times out there on the on the mean streets. But uh, I think that's about it, guys. I think that we're up out of here. I have another show. You can find it. It's on on the uh, on the internet. It's called World's Famous. That's kind of my vanity project. I talk about toys. I talk about books. I talk about Japanese league baseball, He Man, GI Joe, all kinds of fun stuff. That's a good show. It's called World Famous. Just go on the Googles. Google IC Robots Radio. That's I S double E Robots, as if I'm looking up into space with my hand across my uh, across my brow, and I see some robots coming in over the horizon. IC Robots Radio. You'll find all the fun stuff. There's me. There's Mister Sensational Gino Vega. He's got a show that's a ton of fun. Then we got Carlos Perone with Geek Fest rants. Talks about all number of geeky comics topics. He talks about all sorts of geeky topics, movies. Just everything, everything geek related. It's all there. It's all great. I don't want to. I don't want to sell this stuff too hard. But I see robots radio. If you hear this show and you like it, there's a whole nother universe of stuff out there attached to it. So go dig into that universe. Jump in head first. Don't look to see if it's safe. Just do it. But uh, until you do that, this is me. Oh, Marvel handbook on the tweet. This is me. I see robots uh, powering down the station and saying until uh, we meet again. Make mine. This has been IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day car. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.